Hi, this is Chad. I'm so glad to be part of your journey towards product mastery so that you can better develop products that customers love. And today I'm inviting you on a bit of a reflective journey of discovery, a a journey to consider your why, which I call your purpose. And I revisited this a few years ago myself and found that more deeply understanding my why, what was personally important to me, that was both inspiring and also provide some clarity about how to spend my time. And today we have with us the why expert, and that's Frankie Russo. Through his Russo Capital firm, he has developed a portfolio of companies across multiple industries, including technology, advertising, marketing, automotive, music, agriculture, publishing, and finance, quite a few different industries there. And he believes that your why is important to your success and how you think about success. He's written about these topics in a couple books now. The first, The Art of Why, and then more recently, his second book is titled Breaking Why, Hacking and Rebuilding Strategic Emotions for Authentic Success. And remember, as we have our discussion, if you hear anything you want to go back to or share this with someone else, we do take detailed written notes of everything we talk about. We also prepare a one-page action guide to help you put into action immediately the key takeaways from our discussion. You'll find those resources at productmasterynow.com slash 378. Frankie, thanks for joining us. Hey, glad to be on the show, man. I'm glad we got connected because I think this is a very important topic. It is, as I said, one that I have uh, found useful to dive into and I wish I would have probably started that when I was a little bit younger <laughs> to think about yeah, such you things. you both. Your re- recent book, I just noticed the dedication page. So you, you dedicate it to your family mm-hmm. and you also say, and to everyone who is seeking to hack their current life to rebuild a better future for themselves. I think a lot of us find that very appealing. However we think about the future, if we could make it better, mm-hmm. yeah, I, th- I think we would like that. So get us grounded. Talk about what why is. What does that mean to us? The why that we talk about in these books, it's, it's not a question, although we do ask the question, why are you here, quite a bit, especially at the beginning of the book. But the why is really our purpose. It's our deeper purpose and in, in what we do and how we, but also why is very important because it, it also taps into our passion as well. So one of the things after writing my first book, The Art of Why, that I realized was lacking and required and inspired me to do a follow-up was that... I, I didn't go deep enough into the passion aspect of what we do because it's really both passion and purpose coming together that creates profits or success. And these are profits and success that go beyond money or things that are traditional, what we call profits in a business setting. But all, profits can be a life that is changed as a result of you giving to that person. Profits can mean t- more time available to myself. There's a lot of different types of profits. It can be an experience that I'll always, as I move forward into life. So when we talk about profits, it, it's it's not just a money or some sort of balance sheet profits. And those are the things that are really important when you're looking at what is my purpose and how do I hack and rebuild my current life while I'm in the middle of it? That's really what the challenge is and why the this um, content is so um, important to me and I think important to a lot of people that are actually have their eyes open and recognize that they they either need to start something new or they need to get unstuck. And these are the the kind of, this is the roadmap. These are the principles and things that I've experienced, practiced, experimented with, and other people have done the same with these same truths and, and principles by applying them to get, to really start something great or get unstuck and make something great again. 
Yeah, and clearly the principles that have been profitable in a number of ways to you, including that wide breadth of companies that you, you've started through your your Of course, yeah, no, it definitely, it works. And that, that's been an exciting thing for me with the books and, and the companies, but really it's the deeper rewards that you can't buy that have I've actually been the most beneficial from going through these processes. And our product managers and innovators listening, we're, we're always dealing with change. We're creating new things and our organizations are typically changing. And that notion of having to think about how, how do we get unstuck or move forward in the midst of other responsibilities at the same time, I'm sure resonates with us. And as I said as before, is I think appealing to us that we would like to dig into that more. So help us uh, maybe just get a little motivated uh, to take this journey. Uh, what have you seen as some of the benefits of having a clear why? I like yeah. the profits you talked about, you know, new experiences and the like, but let's talk about benefits a little bit more. Honestly, the, the greatest benefits is getting to a place where you are at peace with yourself while in this crazy, fast-paced world that we're, we're living in. So that, that's a huge benefit is as I want to be at peace with myself. I want to like what I'm doing and feel like I'm being true to myself. That's a major benefit that's going to come out of this. And as also just being happier, joyful, and then a sense of freedom. And freedom comes in a lot of different forms. But like in general for us, freedom is feeling like we can, we're not trapped or we're not pinned up against the corner. These are things that we get into a lot of times that those are the things that for me, I am really inspired to continue to do the work because it is mm -hmm. a, an ongoing thing. You have to be willing to continue to do this type of work for it to really pay off. You, you're going to get wins, early wins when you go through this process. In the first six months of going through the School of Why, which is the community that we've built around the books and the principles, that, where we work these 10 steps that are in the book, the, there's early wins of getting the mission clear and and really getting started with some stuff and building some powerful teams. But then there's a lot of like harder lulls and that's where like the second half of the steps come into play. And you have to keep doing the work every day in order to continue to be in that space. A lot of what we're talking about in the book and in this life is how emotions, what our relationships to emotions are. We call it strategic emotions. And that's that relationship to emotions and how that plays a part in both helping or hindering what we do is important because all that's going to filter into our personal life, our relationships and outside of what we're doing to try to innovate or work or our projects or products. This is uh, very important that we are looking at that whole picture and that we're at least challenging ourselves and asking questions as it relates to how that affects the rest of my reality. And this is exercise, mm -hmm. right? It, you know, maybe mental, emotional exercise, but just like exercise, something we need to regularly do to get benefit from it. And our opportunity to talk, right? That this is an opportunity for me to get some free coaching here too, you being on the podcast, reminded me to think, re rethink a little bit about my why and reflect. And I know there's things that I and everyone, we tell ourselves at times, maybe because we had for many years, that are things that aren't particularly serving us well, that we need to rethink also and uh, reframe into things that will serve us yeah. better. And so I want to get into this. You mentioned 10 steps on our time together. We're not going to go into details here, but get, get us started about how can we go down this path of uncovering our true why? In case I forget, on my website, frankie-russo.com, there's a School of Why page where you can actually download hmm. the workbook for free. 
So if anybody wants to just to get started for free, they can download the workbook, which is the steps from the book, Breaking Why. But then also Breaking Why is the easiest way to get started on this. And step one in the School of Why and, and in the Why books is uh, Break Your Why. And this is about figuring out what is my why? How is it different today than it used to be? So a lot of us started out on a journey of what we were going to do with our lives. And obviously that idea we have when we're first getting out of college or getting out of high school or, and ready to take over, take on the world, it shifts a lot once you get into reality and start really looking at what what is it going to take to get there and what am I going to have to give up and what should I give up? So breaking step one is, is really about asking the question, why am I here in this moment? And, and in this section of life, and then why am I here on this earth? And I have to dig deep to answer those questions, and, and what do I believe is my mission? So a lot of the first step work in the 10 steps is about identifying what do I believe my personal mission is, and how does that apply to my community and the people around me? Because then I have to look at, am I, what am I doing currently to, to try to fulfill that mission? What am I doing that I'm actively looking at uh, how my purpose is becoming a reality because what happens is we get burnt out when we aren't sometimes if we're just doing our passion and looking for profits we're not going to have that deeper fulfillment and then other times when we're trying to do our purpose and also get profits then maybe we're not passionate about it anymore it's not until we really focus on putting passion and purpose together that it becomes you have the fire from the passion and you've got the meaningfulness from the purpose that creates the types of profits that are worth it. And those profits are obviously you're going to be successful and you're going to make money and take care of your family and those kinds of fun things. And maybe you'll win awards, but that's not even the main piece. It's a, it's having those types of things, but also being having that deeper happiness and fulfillment where you're not constantly feeling like you're just grinding out all the time. It's important. Mm-hmm. And so why is an important question that we don't have to ask all the time? We have to ask when we wake up every day, what are we going to do today? When are we going to do it? Where are we going? How are we going to do it? Those are questions you have to ask to survive. You can survive in this world with never asking the question why. You can survive with not fulfilling your purpose. You can survive. And a lot of people, that's what they're doing and they're thinking that is life. And then there's this like subset of people that have harnessed this secret, if you will. And that is that if I put these things together, if I really use the life I have right now today and take that purpose that I believe is my purpose and and look at what I'm truly passionate about. And we can talk more about how to figure out what that is a little later, but that's really the first step. And I know that's a lot of information, but the first step is important because that's the foundation. That's the step I've got to do a hundred percent. I've got to, I've got to really decide what my mission is before I can do anything else. So let me reflect on this a little bit, just in my personal space, right? My experience make sense of this for me out loud. Early on, I went to school for electrical engineering. I enjoyed building things, enjoyed making something new. And that brought me pleasure. And that just mm-hmm. that seems to be the way that, that God wired me. And I, I like to make That's things. Right. I like to make things. And then over time, I found out it was much more satisfying to make things that other people found value in too, which led me to think more differently about product work. And I really enjoyed making products and, and putting products out into the world. So that makes sense. I became a product manager and, and product mm-hmm. creator. And then over time, I found that it was more enjoyable for me to teach others to do a good job making products. And so my, my why is evolving. It's always been in the space of creating something new. And then somewhere along the line, the last few years, 
I reflected on this a little bit more and I really enjoy encouraging people, spending time with them, helping them think about what's going on right now and where is it you want to get to the next step. And so I've personally, I've taken this product philosophy that I help people professionally with, let's build better products uh, individually or as an organization, my professional work. And then personally, I enjoy just spending time often in coffee shops with people about where, where are you now? Where are you trying to get to? And, and that's and it. What's the better path to that? So personally helping people to improve, not just products too. Yeah. So you just nailed it. So what I just heard was that your passion is and was to build things, especially things that didn't exist yet, and to innovate products. These are things that you individually are very passionate about, right? But you yep. found a deeper meaning and fulfillment by adding the purpose component to your passion, where you were helping others build new things and innovate products. And now even you've taken your purpose deeper is that you're helping others develop themselves to be able to be in a similar place that you're at, which is where the real gold that can't be bought comes from. We'll be back in just a minute. This podcast is sponsored by the RPM Experience, the Rapid Product Mastery Experience. In just nine weeks, meeting 75 minutes a week, product managers, teams, and leaders become product masters, creating more value for customers, their organization, and themselves. You will build a broad foundation of product management knowledge, get everyone on the same page, while also improving collaboration and renewing a focus on the customer, all resulting in higher performance. Participants feel empowered and more confident about their work. They learn how to create value for customers and revenue for their organization. One product leader who used the RPM experience across a global organization said it is the only training that provides an integrated product management perspective. It did exactly what I needed. Many organizations have benefited from the RPM experience, and you'll find them listed at productmasterynow.com RPM. Go to the same URL and schedule time to talk about how Chad and his team can help you and your organization. There's this deeper fulfillment component, this hole that's, that we all have that gets filled sometimes. It's emotional, it's spiritual, it's outside of the traditional kind of rat race. But what happens is that, you, and you can't buy it. Like we all have tried to buy it and you can't. But really that is the gift because what you're doing is you're actually loving those people that you're helping because you're doing it unconditionally. You're accepting of who they are and you're showing them a way that you can not, we can't always show family members or people that work for us. It's a different type of thing. And it's like a philanthropy for the soul almost. And that's something that I, that I've found is there are certain, there's a certain matter, if you will, or a certain energy that cannot be bought. And the only way to get it is to give it away. And so by you putting that, your passion of building new things and innovating products and marrying that with your helping others and you're giving back and your unconditional love for these people that you're coming in contact with, that has given you a very unique profit. Would you agree with that? I would definitely agree with that. And it was on one hand, it was like, duh, that's common sense. But it was a rather profound moment for me because I've always, for a long time, I thought in terms of product and, and a simple graph, where, where, wherever you are on that graph now with the value that product creates, our job is to create more. So we're trying to create the move the value needle to the right and, and up, mm -hmm. right? Let's make this product provide more value over time. And then I was reflecting a little bit just personally on the strength finders. I've used that instrument and the strength finders to tell me what my key strengths sure. are. 
none of the strength none of the strengths are the ones that that I have or the ones I want. The ones I want are you know innovator, strategist, executor, executive. The ones I feel like I have strengths in, but they don't show up on my list. The top one is relator. What do I do with a relator? What what does that even mean? And I've grown to embrace that because I really do enjoy help creating spaces for others to be their best. And to reflect on this personally, like, well, I love taking people wherever they are now and helping them move to the right and up. Just like I think about products, right? How do they get to where they want to be in a better state? That personal investment in others as well. 100%. So there's some passion and purpose there. Absolutely. No, I think you're at, you're, you may be more on, on track than you think. And sometimes it, we are like in, in moments of clarity, like, it's like really, it's the most obvious thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be real complicated. We think that everything that is to be the super deep, sophisticated solution to finding the like, to tapping into the real energy sources of the universe. And really it's basic. It's actually very basic and very practical. And I've been told that my book is basic and it's not earth shattering. And the fact is, I don't disagree. I didn't want to write a book that was earth shattering. I didn't want to have a a movement that was complicated. I wanted it to be simple that if you did it, you got it. That's how it's supposed to be. It's not, there's books with more research in it. There's books with more profound, but like profound quotes and research is not what makes my life great. And I don't think it's, it's what makes any of our lives great. It's inspiring and it's, it catches people's attention. But at the end of the day, this is stuff, this is just truth that if you do it, it will work. And if you don't, now you, it's got, you have to have some entertainment in it, but you got to keep it simple. As you're thinking about this passion thing, I, I just want, want to talk about that briefly um, because we sometimes hear that the, the focus, just follow your mm-hmm. passions. I don't know about that. If that really is productive or not. There's a model that I appreciate from Jim Collins, uh, he, he, author of Good to Great, and he yep. talks about this th- three-circle model, right? The overlapping Venn diagram. And one area is your passions. What is it that you really like to do, right? And the other one is what are you actually good at that, that you have skill and competency yeah. in or could develop, yep. develop skill and competency? And the third one is what do people care about? What are they actually going to pay you to? And I think he uses one example. Maybe I, I, I play piano and I love playing piano. I'm not exactly, no one's ever going to pay me to, to go to a concert and, and see me perform piano. I, I have some competence. I'm passionate about it, but not really great at it. Yeah. And I kind of like thinking about that interaction of how, how do you harness your passions in a direction that creates value for others in a way that they're going to actually pay for that value that they get. The way he put it is great. And I think it's similar. He's honing in on, on, on a different aspect of it. And I think focusing on like, what should your product be? What should your service be? And how do you make sure that's great by honing that in to go from, you know, he's good to great, right? Yeah, I think you had mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, yep. I love his stuff. And again, it's keeping it simple. Is this, it, it, I, it, what I'm doing still does have to be relevant and something that people, and I have the benefit of um, having built many companies and I don't have to make money with the work that I'm doing, especially with the books. And that actually puts me in a unique space to be able to really be helpful mm-hmm. to others and to really do something that I get an even deeper profit outside of the money. Not everybody's in that boat. And so you do have to you do have to factor that in, right? What is the cost? And step two in the School of Why is count the cost. So at the end of the day, mm-hmm. it's like, I have to figure out what is this going to cost? I've got to make a plan. I've got to dig deep. I've, you know, traditionally that was a step I hated. I learned that the hard way that I needed to count the cost. I, I, I tried going out and doing my passion and purpose many times and failing because I didn't count the cost. 
I didn't plan. So you have to have that. And each step, I try to go in and out of what I call quantitative and qualitative thinking. So the qualitative thinking that's not about necessarily trying to quantify it is step one. That's an example of something that is not really linear. Then I get into quantitative. Step three is commit and believe. And it's about really signing a contract with myself and making sure that I'm fully committed and I actually believe. If two is greater than the why, I've got to keep coming back to step one. So if I can't progress down the steps, I've got to come back a step. And that's why we keep going through this process until the why is strong enough, is motivating enough, and I'm committed enough to to go to the next level, even knowing what it's going to cost me. What do I have to give up? What Whether it be investing money, I'm giving up that money to try and do this, or it's definitely going to be time. Am I going to have to give up relationships? Everything comes at a cost, and I've got to look at that cost, and that's not to discourage me, but it's so that when I get to a point where I'm actually going out on this journey... I don't, I don't fail because I didn't look at those things. That makes good sense. Part of that is focus, right? If you're going to focus in some area, you're going to be giving up some other things. That's right. And it has to, you got to be motivated because, because to give up something is not easy. We don't like to do that, but everything comes at a cost. As Steve Jobs said, good underwriters, it just involves saying no to a thousand things. What is it you're going to say yes to to really actually, there's a cost to saying That's no. Right. We're up to step three. There's obviously a lot more, and we'll point people to that resource. We probably don't have time to get through all of them. But I wanted to go back to your first one. You said break your why. Mm-hmm. And you you talk in the book this notion about maybe we need to break some rules and not just follow them. So there's something going on about this language. What do you mean by breaking? This was a personal journey for me with the breaking why component because I had come out with the art of why six years ago and I ended up realizing that I wasn't okay with some of the rules that I had set out in that book. A lot of the basic principles are the same, but I ended up having to break some of the things that I believe were, were the status quo. So I, in between these two books, one of the uh, major things that happened in my life was a divorce. Okay. Mm. And so I had this this idea growing up that that's that's the end of the end of your life. You you never do that. It goes against your religion. Everything else, you're gonna f up the kids. I went through all that, and it wasn't until I had to really dig deep. I had a very difficult six month emotional journey. I consider it my emotional bottom, but it really was one of the the harder things I've had to go through in life that really made me who I am today. And and who I am today is a person who's willing to be honest to himself into everyone around him okay now the the that's easier said than done okay so breaking why is about me after having had all these ideas that were taught to me and i'm now been living my life sometimes i've got to do some unconventional things to break out of my own self to break free from what i have been doing mostly to appease others so Helping and loving others as opposed to pleasing and appeasing others, that's not the same thing. But I thought they were the same thing for a long time. In fact, some of that's in my first book. So I broke my own why. And really, what I, I use the word hacking and rebuilding are some of the words breaking. These are the words that are focal points for me in my life and in this journey and in this book because sometimes that's what it takes. Sometimes you have to break a, a traditional relationship in order to become who you're supposed to be, my, your authentic self. It's, it's, it's no one's to blame in these situations, but a lot of this does boil down to relationships at work, relationship with client, relationship to money, 
relationship with a spouse, relationship to children. It's all relationships, how I relate to all these different things. And so that's where you, when you break your why, it's where you, I want people to know if you're going to start this journey with me, you're going to be breaking some shit. It's, it's not going to be perfect. So it's, it's ironic that I wrote the art of it's this beautiful thing. And that only to realize that you almost have to break it, shatter it in order to rebuild it. You, in, unless something dies, it can't be reborn. And that, and that's a concept throughout a lot of teachings, a lot of research and a lot of people's story that I found true for my own story. So that's what I mean yeah. by break your wise. It, it gets yeah. sometimes doing this type of work. It's difficult. Let me relate to that again. Not, not nearly as, 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 deep as what you just shared that you had to go through. Before, when I talked about the strength finder test and I, I look at what I would like the results to be. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I can do strategy. I'm clearly an innovator. I have executive decision-making skills. Why aren't my the top five strengths that I want to show up on the list actually being reflected when I take that test? That w- was part of me having to be honest to myself too. Okay, maybe I have some competency there. But what is this thing that it's telling me that I really have strength in, but I'm not right now not I don't have any actual connection to. I don't even know what it means to be. Yeah, exactly. And then over time, sharing the story with a few other people, a few other coaches, and one of them one day said, of course, uh, uses the same tool, says, well, of course you're a relator. I, I could listen to one of your podcasts and immediately know that's your, your strength. And digging in that a little bit deeper and now leaning into who am I actually and how can I relate to the world through my actual strengths as opposed to the ones that I think I want to have. Absolutely. And I think what it boils down to is this concept of like, I can believe a lot of stuff. I can say a lot of stuff. I can try to brand myself as a lot of things. But the fact is that I, if it's not, doesn't matter what I believe. It doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what I read. All that matters is what I do. That's it. It's what I do. Nothing else is real. And, and But we con ourselves into believing that is true. And then all of a sudden, like you said, you, you all of a sudden, you, you get feedback from a test or from a person or from a, what I call a loving mirror. And, you, and they're like, dude, no, you're not really. Yeah, you talk about this stuff, but you're not actually doing it. And that's hard. That is a hard thing to hear, man. And I, I had to do a lot of that type of work over the last five years and and. Even before that, I didn't want to hear that I was a drug addict and alcoholic, and that was 14 years ago. I went through that whole bottom, and all of this is in my book, so I, I'm, I don't mind talking about it. But the fact is, like, where the rubber meets the road is, like, if I want to know who am I, what do I do? What does my day look like? What are my priorities? What do I obsess about? That's who I am. What do I do? That's who I am. Not And not, oh, what I do for work is who I am. It's the sum total of what I do, that is who I am. And that's sometimes a disappointing reality because we want to like just believe these things and that's who I am or say these things mm-hmm. and that's who I am or have old experiences and that's who I am who I what I did back then is who I am and no what I do today is who I am period this is good certainly want to point people towards that resource that you mentioned we'll make sure there's a link to that to uh, get the guide here uh, the school, on the School of Y page, and obviously your book too. Before we get to where those specifically are, listeners know that we love a good innovation or success quote. What do you have for us? And tell us what that means to you. My quote, it's it's my own quote. I thought about doing some a quote from Henry Ford or some of these big innovators like uh, Steve Jobs or whatever. But my quote is my own quote, and it's only two words. And those two words are don't flinch. And these are really important when it comes to strategic emotion, because that's where emotions, when they're not strategic, will make us flinch. And flinching is what kills us. When things are difficult, 
it took me a long time to realize that courage is not the absence of fear. I always thought that in order to have courage, I needed to be not afraid. That is not the case. Courage is basically when I'm afraid and I'm scared to do what I know in my heart I'm supposed to do, I don't. I stay the course even when it's terrifying, even when I'm angry, even when I'm confused, even when emotions are off, I don't flinch. And that's my quote. That is that has served me very well when it comes to being true to myself and I and setting a course on where I know that I'm supposed to be going, even though it's difficult, even though there's a lot of emotions happening that are not strategic, I don't flinch. That's a great quote for innovators because there are many times to, to be a good mm-hmm. product manager or innovator, you have to be courageous. And you're, you're trying to do something new, which goes against the grain. Down. That's right. Yep. So I appreciate you sharing that with us. It may also be the shortest quote we've ever had on the podcast, too. So uh, that, that stands out. Hopefully Don't the flinch. easiest to remember, too. I like it. Appreciate you sharing that with us, Frankie. So in terms of resources, you, you mentioned your personal website, frankierusso.com, where we can find this, that School of Why page to help us There's through the dash 10 steps. There. So, yeah, it's Frankie-Russo. Okay, yeah, they had, they had a dash. Excellent. Somebody's still trying to hold me ransom for my own name. They want 10 grand and I just haven't been willing to give it to them yet. If they're, if you're listening to this podcast, come on, man. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Stop stealing my name. So So yeah, add a dash between Frankie and Russo. You'll get there. And then I'm on all the major social medias, obviously LinkedIn, YouTube, and uh, Instagram, Facebook, all that good stuff. So that's another way to find me or the school of why.com is another one that'll lead you to the Frankie dash Russo, the school of why.com. School of why.com. Excellent. And your book breaking why Hacking yeah. and Rebuilding Strategic Emotions for Authentic Success. Yep. Uh, Amazon, the best place to go? You can go to Amazon. You can go to my website. You can also go to Books A Million or Barnes & Noble. I noticed last night it's at Target, which was interesting. So hmm. you can buy it on Target's nice. website. So that way my wife can find it. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go to Target every now right. and then. Yeah, yeah. So yep. th- yeah, basically it's everywhere. So we'll have links to make that easier for our listeners to get there. Certainly appreciate all the information you shared with us, Frankie. Appreciate you being here. For Product Masters listening, thank you so much joining me, and I'm glad to be on your journey towards Product Mastery. You will find the written notes of everything that we talked about, including that one-page action guide at productmasterynow.com slash 378. Everyone, keep innovating. Thank you for listening to Product Mastery Now, where product leaders and managers gain product mastery through practical knowledge, influence, and confidence. By listening, you are becoming a product master, creating products customers love. Find additional resources at productmasterynow.com. Keep innovating.